Welcome to the Heart Guide Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse HS, and uh, this is a very, very special episode of the Heart Guide Media Podcast because uh, this is uh, a pretty special guest that we have uh, on today. Um, the name, uh, Noel LeBlanc, uh, formerly of Damone, currently of the Organ Beats and the band Swivel. Um, this is definitely a, a, a vocalist that I've admired um, for a little over 10 years, probably. Well, actually, yeah, uh, like 12 years from when uh, uh, Out Here All Night came out in 2006. Uh, big fan of that record uh, by her former band, Damone. Um, immediately, one, it, you know, being 18 when that record came out, I immediately knew, like, okay, it's named Damone, after Damone uh, from Fast Times at Richmond High. So that sold me immediately on the band. Um, and then I saw the video, uh, late night MTV two or something like that. Um, song was amazingly catchy. Obviously the song that you've just heard and opened the podcast of the, uh, same, uh, title of the album, uh, out here all night. Um, and immediately captivated me. And, uh, I went out and I bought the record as soon as it was, as it was available. Cause I think I saw the, I want to say I saw the video maybe before or right around the time the album came out so i went out and i bought the album and i've been a fan ever since uh and i actually uh i just you know rediscovered uh you know this voice her voice um because i heard ken susie on a uh podcast and heard she was in a band with him called swivel it's more like a grunge uh, type band um so that immediately put uh you know her her vocals back on my radar uh and uh got in touch with her and uh yeah she's gonna be on the podcast so to, uh, needless to say this is our uh this is a very special episode and very cool because i i have many guests on this uh on this podcast but not you know not everyone is um you know i know mostly everyone that comes on here so i love when i can get the few people that i've had on the that i i don't really know at all um and to be able to have a conversation with a complete stranger and uh, just uh, kind of talk movies and, uh, and music. Obviously, uh, she's a musician, so uh, the focal point will probably be music. But at the same time, uh, I know she's a horror movie fan, and I'm sure we can connect and uh, talk on uh, movies a bit. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a really uh, – I'm really uh, excited for everyone to hear this. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Noelle LeBlanc. So Noel, thanks, uh, thanks a ton for uh, carving out some time to come on uh, the Hard Guy Media podcast. Yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're just kind of—I mean, this is kind of free form, so we're we're gonna just bounce around. So uh, nothing too like uh, we'll probably just brush over everything musically and dive into where, what it takes us from there. 
Uh, so, uh, I kind of said in the intro, uh, you know, Damone kind of came on my radar back in, like, spring or summer of 2006 when the single for, uh, Out Here All Night came out, and, uh, I was hooked, I was hooked on the band immediately because I was a huge Fast Times Richmond High fan. Oh, nice. Uh, so, I, I, immediately the name, like, uh, the name hooked me in, and then the single... Uh, did the rest, and I went out and bought the record, and uh, I've been a fan ever since. And uh, I actually just kind of uh, reconnected because uh, I, I wasn't—I mean, other than uh, you know, roll the dice—I uh, really hadn't. You hadn't been on my radar at all. Um, but Ken Susie was on a podcast, and he said he dropped your name, and so, you know, it's the the singer from Demone, and I'm in this band with her called Swivel now. So I immediately listened to the yeah. Clueless single, and like you were back on my radar, and then I rediscovered the, or you know, uh, discovered the organ beats and everything else that you've done since uh, you know Demone dissolved. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, it's a uh, it's a small world. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, what? Yeah, Ken's Ken's awesome. It's it's been great working with him in Swivel. Yeah, because I know, like, obviously, on Earth, they're from Massachusetts as well. And is it, is that, where's Waltham? Is that, like, Western Mass? No, it's, um, like, seven miles uh, west of Boston. Oh, okay. So we're very, very Eastern. Oh, okay. Uh, so, um, but yeah, like, what was, um, I guess to kind of start at the, the beginning, you know, days of, like, you discovering music, what were, like, what was, like, was there, like, a, a band or, like, your first show that immediately, like, hooked you and like where you decided like music's going to be like a focal point of like your life uh not really actually i i was just kind of like taking guitar lessons because uh, my brother played drums and we kind of just uh we you know we tried out sports and that just wasn't our thing so uh i picked up guitar and like i really loved it and um some older uh a friend of mine in the neighborhood um, had like a studio, and he recorded Dave and Frank and the uh, the Pinos from the band Waltham, and and there Dave wrote the uh, the first Demone album, and um, I was I was a bit younger than them, so they just kind of took me under their wing and and trained me like musically, and um, then we just like made a record and pretty much immediately got picked up um, by a label. So it was never uh, necessarily like a dream of mine, but it was always just something that kind of landed in my lap pretty much. Oh, wow. And I just kind of went along with it and kind of, it's a blessing and a curse because I can't really do anything else. (laughs) Uh, I mean, like, you know, like talent-wise. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I, I put a lot of time into that I didn't go to school like college you know so um I just play in bands and have dead-end jobs it's pretty much my way of life yeah yeah well that that's like an interesting that's that's kind of an interesting uh you know take on you know usually when you you know see bands that like have like this uh like, uh, you know, they get signed, uh, at a younger age or, you know, usually it's, you know, the, the rock star dream of watching, you know, like seeing the dire straits video on MTV or something like that. And, you know, the, the big desire to have the dream. So that's an interesting, like, uh, that's an interesting, like, you know, different way to, to hear it from somebody where it kind of just fell in your lap and you kind of just, uh, rode the wave. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it, I could have been more enthusiastic, and um, that could have been, you know, that could be part of my downfall, but um, I, I just have, like, naturally um, sort of aloof sort of way of looking at things, <laughs> and um, I just like to go with the punches, and, like, I, I take direction really well, and, like, I, you know, I, I like sort of being under someone else's wing, and I uh, just like to write songs and someone else kind of steer the ship. <laughs> so how did you like, uh, so how did you like adapt to like, uh, you know, the touring lifestyle, getting in a, in a, in a van and, and kind of just playing and being a, a nomad playing music? Like, was that something like you felt comfortable, comfortable with immediately? Or was that like definitely like some growing pains getting used to? Uh, it was definitely like scary at first or, or like, um, I do remember, like, our first trek out, like, we, we got the, you know, 15-passenger van and stuff, and I, like, brought my my, uh, my Barbie sleeping bag, and I, like, <laughs> pinned it to the ceiling and, like, cornered the, the back bench off from everybody because <laughs> I'm such a loner. Um, but uh, once, you know, once shit started happening, um, like, the shows were getting good, like, it was really fun and exciting. We met a ton of amazing people, and got to travel a lot of places that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So it was, it was super fun for the most part. And I think like the, the last tour was like, I was kind of getting down, like we were, you know, just having hard times and the, the record wasn't doing as well as the label wanted to. And, and we were just kind of not, not really fighting or anything, but just kind of, just like the politics of the industry were like getting to me right right uh i'm kind of a nester by nature like i like to have my stuff and like in my my little corner you know just uh but i do you know i miss traveling but i'm glad i did it when i was young you know um so it all it all worked out it was all all good (laughs) now when uh out here all night came out i feel like as soon as i like because i like i think if i recall i think i saw the music video like on like mtv2 or something like at like 11 o'clock on like a weeknight and i saw it and i immediately like i was like holy shit it's an evil dead rip like this is amazing yes oh yeah and like like i said between like the name the the catchiness of the song and then like the evil dead like i was all in like after i saw that like (laughs) And I, like, went out and grabbed the album, and uh, it really, like, kind of, like, you know, when you hear, like, especially, you know, as you hear things on, like, MTV or, like, whatever it was back then, like, Much Music, Fuse, um, you know, you could, you'd hear these songs, and this is, you know, I mean, the internet was around, but it wasn't, like, you know, MySpace was still, MySpace was, like, the, you know, what Facebook is now, but at the same time, like, people were still going out that was like at that tail end of when people would still out and go out and buy full records exactly like physical yeah. copies you know right yeah and uh i remember grab picking it up and i'm looking at it and, and the first thing i thought was like like i see when i buy a record and i don't know if you can uh relate like i'll i won't go right to the single i'll list i'll do a full listen through oh yeah and uh, like it immediately, like I just kept getting blown away by each song. I was loving it more and more. And then, you know, obviously the Iron Maiden cover, I was just like, uh, it was right up my alley. And then I started seeing uh, like every, like I think I saw like uh, 
there was a, I think it was in a Tony Hawk game. There was a song and on like Madden, like NHL yeah, Madden. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, what was that yeah. like? Like getting that kind of like you know, you guys are in video games and and things like that. Like, what was was how surreal was that? Um, I you know honestly, I I don't think we we like hit that market enough. Like, we probably missed an opportunity. Um, you know, there's a, a big gaming community, obviously. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it, it might have gone over our heads at the time. Like, uh, it definitely helped, uh, like, get people to know who we, we were. But um, I don't think we were um, embracing it. You know, I, I, it, it was all moving so fast, and there was a lot happening at once like that that you know era was pretty fast moving um so like i it kind of almost like you know flew over my head a bit i think we got some some money from it but you know people were dealing with that like i i was just like an oblivious little kid i didn't know what was going on so um now with uh when roll the dice came out like uh and that's a record I thought was great too, and and that's that one seemed like it didn't connect like out there all night, uh, out here all night did. Uh, was that you know? Did you guys feel like uh, like that was you know you were kind of just buying time until like uh, something happened? Was there like a like a feeling of like okay, well, where do we go from here after that record came out? Yeah, a bit. It, it was. Um... So, like, we, we were signed to RCA and um, put out the first record from the attic. And then um, then we we jumped over to Island and did Out Here on Light. And then they dropped us because, like, I guess the record sales weren't doing too good. And they, they kind of, like, helped us out. They, they, they could have, like, uh, we could have owed them, like, a bunch of money, but they just kind of, like, let us go and, like... Um, let us keep whatever, you know, the deal, the money they had, uh, given us or whatever. And, um, from what I can remember. And, uh, and then, so we were kind of like, all right, you know, we had our time in the sun, like, let's just, uh, say goodbye or whatever. And our manager was like, no, fuck that. Like we, he, he got us all together for a band meeting and we made like a handshake agreement to do another record you know put another six months in and um like the songs were, were definitely well thought out and and we didn't we might have like rushed it a little bit and i my headspace was already like out like i wanted to move to the woods and like be a freaking hippie or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so i told them i was like you know I, I after after i do this i'm gonna i'm gonna take off and they're like what <laughs> and they were just really I guess pissed off at me and um so yeah I, I kind of screwed up and and I I quit the band and like uh I moved to Vermont and lived in a tent and then I um I came back and I, I immediately started the organ beats so I was out I was it was just a dumb move on my part not to like stick that out but um yeah it's kind of a shame like listening back to it I'm like man it is it's a good record but I think you know maybe the world just wasn't ready for us or something. Like it, it, it's a it's a weird record. It's different from the rest for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's 
I mean, the music as a whole, it just seems like um, maybe it, maybe it is maybe it is like a, uh, an instance of it being like uh, you know ahead of its time or like um, just like people just missing the boat because there was so you know you talk about you know that you know the mid to late you know two thousands there was so much going on like culturally culturally and like um you know with social media like becoming like what it's become like you know that's when facebook really started to take off too like those later 2000s and everything so it just seems like there was an oversaturation of like everything not just like music but like everything so and like we were we were discussing it was the it was the tail end of like you know, people buying physical copies of music. So, like, once that, like, you, you know, um, streaming, like, started rolling in and, and there were so many different genres that were, like, taking off, it was kind of hard for, like, more of a, in, in my opinion, a straight-up rock band to find, like, their, their footing in, like, kind of the, the genre-happy world that was going on at the, at the time. Yeah, yeah, for real. Like, it was... It was hard to place us in any sort of category, even before uh, social media was taking off, and uh, it just wasn't as like affluent as it is today. Like it, I remember MySpace, but like I hardly, you know, I wasn't paying attention to that. Like I didn't foresee the uh, the success of of that kind of right um, the social media and stuff, and. Uh, so, yeah, we kind of missed the boat on that, too. But, yeah, you're totally right. It's like there was just there was just so much going on, on the Internet, like opened up doors for everybody. So it was um, kind of a killer for the industry, too. And, um, I mean, it's not like the music industry is still going strong, but, like, at the time it was definitely, like, a low. And um, they were, like, hemorrhaging money just in, like, desperation to, like, get, um, you know, anybody to succeed yeah but every, you know every independent artist could just go and like do their do their thing and which is wonderful it's it's amazing like you know it's a great it's it's a good thing yeah it's a and at, at, at times i mean mostly i mean for for an, from an artist perspective it's definitely like a you know double-edged sword where like exactly you know, you know you have like i mean think about like i, I mean to, to to just think even like like 15, 16, 17 years ago, I remember going to, you know, the Best Buys and the Walmarts and picking up albums. And to think that you don't have to do and you can literally wake up on the release day of an album now and hit two buttons on your phone and you have it instantly. I know, and I know. And, and it it's blows funny, my I mind still. <laughs> or I take it for granted. Like, exactly. It's pretty mind blowing. I don't really think about it, but like, uh, it, it is. I do, like, I'll send albums, like, I'll text an album to a friend through, like, Spotify, and, and like, or, like, an older guy, friend of mine, like, one of Damone's guitar players, actually, he, I sent him, uh, the new Teenage Wrist album, and, uh, he's like, oh, I don't have Spotify, he had to, like, sign up for it, I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, man, shit, like, he, you know, he's the type that would have gone out and bought the album, and, but, uh, but, yeah, I guess it's just, it's it's great because you can have that instant access, but it it's also um, you know nobody's paying for music, so it's it's essentially free, and you just gotta like tour your ass off, and that's expensive. It's just like what? Yeah, that it seems like 
more and more bands of any genre like even if you go to the shows like uh you know vinyl like it has come back in like such a big way right vinyl is amazing that is the one the one thing that has value um that people will buy you know definitely that is that is very it's very true that that's what i uh that's been kind of uh, a silver lining to like you know uh, you know, illegal streaming and streaming and everything. But then I feel like people who truly want to support a band, an artist, um, they will, that want to own, whether they listen to it, because I, I know plenty of people who buy vinyl and don't listen to it. Um, but the fact that they're actually buying a physical copy of it, whether it be a collector's piece or whatever. Now me, I own vinyl and I still buy vinyl, but I listen to it. Um, uh, but, you know, even the fact that like, you know, it's not a download. It doesn't just go into your phone and go away. Like you, at least at the very least, if if someone buys a piece of vinyl, um, which you know bands are printing. Like I, I feel like every show that I go to now, like bands will have vinyl. There'll be no CD or any other thing. Um, you know, yeah. it's vinyl and download card. And even if people aren't listening to those uh, records, they're still buying it and buying a physical copy of the music and they have like something whether it be art because i know people frame records and things like that um but it's so interesting how vinyl is like come back so strong and like you know with the with the corner uh, you know the corner of everything you know being record store day you know turning on to that and like having that be like such a thing any like indie record store you go to i feel like it's packed on you know the two record store days they have a year and it's given bands opportunities yeah. to you know reissue vinyl and things like that so physical music is still being bought it's just in they're digesting it in different ways i suppose yeah exactly yeah for sure so um Thank God for vinyl. yeah for real <laughs> so um was there a i got to i got to ask about the uh the covers that have appeared on uh, the few albums that you do to kind of put a bow on uh, Damone before we talk about some of the other stuff and just bomb around. Um, uh, you know, the the Wasted Years cover and uh, the You Could Be Mine cover, like those are, uh, you know, two of my, uh, you know, favorite bands. So the fact that, you know, those were covered, uh, was that a, like a collective band decision or was it an individual's decision? And you guys are kind of like, yeah, let's let's go for it. Um, I would, I would guess from what I can recall, uh, it was probably Dustin's idea. Like he was the biggest nerd like you would ever meet. Like he <laughs> knew everything about everything, like super music nerd and, and, um, you know, him and Woods probably had the idea to do the Wasted Years acoustic. Um, and like, yeah, I was like, totally, that. we were totally down to do that. Um. The uh, You Could Be Mine, because it was, like, on the Terminator soundtrack, I think we did it for something. It was, like, one of those compilations with, like, movie uh, soundtrack songs. Oh, okay, okay. And, and like, and that, again, probably Dustin picked that one. (laughs) (laughs) Or Vasquez. He was a big uh, GNR. Well, they they were all huge GNR fans, and, um, like, I was... Too, but not to the extent of, right, right. Know, they grew up in the 80s and shit, and that was their jam. So, um... So I feel, like, I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of embarrassed, like, I didn't do that one justice, you know, because, like, 
um, Axel just has such a distinct voice. Well, I, I don't think anybody, uh, like, he painted himself into a fucking corner when he sung some of that shit because it's just so, like... <laughs> Like I, I I know he regrets singing some of that shit, like for real. Yeah. <laughs> I know, that's why he disappeared for like twenty five years. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you what though, I saw G N R uh last year in Buffalo and Oh nice. They played like three hours and five minutes and it was nonstop. Yeah, no, I I missed out. Like I a friend of mine offered me a ticket but I couldn't go for some reason and uh, they all said it was amazing, and I was like, "Damn it, oh, I missed a part of history." That was such a bummer. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely. Uh, I was relieved that he sounded as good as he did, and you know the the band that he has, and obviously uh, Slash and Tough coming back. Uh, it was definitely something to see for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what were like some? Uh, what were some like uh, your first favorite bands? Uh, definitely. Uh I'm total cliche. Uh, like Weezer was. Well, when I was a kid growing up, it was like you know a lot of the uh, Motown, like whatever was on the radio. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I didn't really get into actual bands until I met Adam, uh, who was uh, the the um, he started the the band Demon. Like you know, when I was like you know fourteen, and he was a bit older, and he he was like. He um, he showed me Weezer and My Bloody Valentine, Dinosaur Junior, um, uh, the Swirlies, like uh, friggin' Foo Fighters, like uh, you know, just all those like you know awesome '90s bands. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I got hooked on like those are you know the prime examples, but um, I'd have to like look at my library to remember because my brain is rotting yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah those are still they are still the tried and true my favorite bands um definitely listen to that i think yeah you dropped uh my bloody valentine which um I uh I found that band I want to say like early two thousands I discovered that band and obviously the Loveless album which was like you know like I feel like I I mean maybe it's just in my world the the album cover just seems so like iconic at least to me. Um, oh yeah. I uh, I mean the first thing like I remember seeing it and like just just neon like weird pink cover of like you know someone playing like a guitar or whatever like whatever you can make out of it and that is a great that is a great out al- that's such a, an amazing album um and that's yeah. another band that got back together like they they pop up here and there and do like a slew of shows like once every like five years it seems yeah i know i i have yet to see them but uh i would love to i think they just came around or, or i don't know i could be wrong um yeah, no, they they are. There's just something about the production, like it just has this vibe that you know you can't. In the new, uh, so I just got into Beach House. I know they've been around for a while, but like their new album, like really hit me. It just came out the other day, and like it's very My Bloody Valentine esque, like the vocal production, especially you know like Twenty Four. Yeah, I've heard a lot about them, but I have not checked them out. Yeah, it's cool. You would dig it. You would like it if you like MBV for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, I think Dinosaur Jr. actually toured, like, last summer, I think, and I, they're, like, 
reactivated, right? I I think I saw that they were playing. They played a show somewhere in up here in New, up to state New York. Yeah, they're always. They have like a million albums. I can't keep up. And like every you know every year, I miss them. Like someone will be like, "Oh yeah, Dinosaur Junior was just here," and I'd be like, Fuck. <laughs> "But I did see them. I saw them once in Vermont, and um." Uh, another time at the Middle East, like, you know, se- several years ago. But, uh, yeah, no, the, he's just, I just love Jay Maskus. <laughs> he's my, like, spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so, like, what, when did you, like, so, when was, like, the peak of, like, growing up for you? Was that, like, mid-90s or, or like, mid to early 90s? Like, like, what was your, like, adolescent years? Was that, like, you know, when you first were, like, discovering, like, you know, these bands, My Buddy Valentine, Dinosaur Jr.? It must have been, uh, like, late 90s, because I, I think I was a little late to the the whole musical, uh, you know, the, the, the assortment. The, there's, there was just, like, so much out there, and I didn't even know until I met Adam, and, like, he just opened my eyes. Um, to all that, and so I, yeah, I would say like mid to late nineties, definitely. Now there's a there's this since we were talking about Mighty Buddy Valentine, I my gears are turning now. Um, so there's this band. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're like a, like a like a shoegazy uh, type band, and they only put out like I think like an EP and a full length, and uh, they were called Lullabox. Mm. And uh, I have never. heard now this is obviously a, a movie genre uh movie type podcast as well as a music one um but that i got turned on to that band um from the movie pet cemetery 2 oh shit really yeah they were on the soundtrack and they were like on the uh like I, i'm a huge ramones fan the ramones are like my favorite band of all time um yeah and uh they um I think, yeah, the movie closed with, like, uh, a Ramon song, Poison Heart, and then after that was, like, uh, that band, um, and that band actually, like, slowly turned me, like, I heard that, and when I, I think it was probably, like, same, like, late 90s, early 2000s, when I heard, like, actually heard the term shoegaze, and that's when I, like, I was like, oh, that's what I heard someone call that band Shoegaze, and that's how I like discovered My Bloody Valentine. So it's one record, it's one full length, but that Lullabox band is uh, is amazing, and I'm not sure where they're from. Um, wow. But yeah, uh, if you ever get a second, check out the song Ride On. Uh, that was a great. That's a great song. Yeah, I'm writing that down. Gonna check it out. So um, the organ beats, like uh, I like, like I said, like uh, when. Uh, Ken dropped, um, you, you know, your name and said, hey, I'm in this band with her now, and it's called Swivel. Um, I immediately, like, went and checked it out, and I, I was trying to, like, look and see if there was, like, a, any kind of, like, official release other than the single, and I discovered the organ beats. Now, the, the organ yeah. beats seems like, uh, I mean, it seems like you have, like, so much fun doing that just by the, the videos that you've done, and the music overall just has, like, a a really like fun uh vibe to it and it's just uh it's been like it's been awesome uh just diving into all the organ beats material you've done oh cool man yeah that was sort that was like my pet project um it was i coined the name like even before like i kind of had a solo thing going on 
um, I just recorded, you know, to, uh, my uh, Tascam 424 4-track, and um, I had, like, this organ uh, that I found in the trash, and it had, like, the beats, like, the waltz and the, the, the uh, whatever, like, you know, it has, like, the whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And what, I don't even know. <laughs> and then, um, uh, so I put out, like, this, like, shitty demo CD with, like, 20 million songs on it. And, um, or basically just gave it away to my friends. And um, then, so when I got back from the wilderness, back to civilization, I, I um, asked my brother if he wanted to play drums. And then, or it was actually me and my friend Sean at first. And and then so we were like a three piece, and my brother's like girlfriend at the time like played bass, and um, so it just kind of like uh, just formed kind of naturally, and we it was like you know it was just like you know fun like you know family playing local shows whatever yeah, uh, and then we went to Texas and made a record, and it was like a magical time, and it was like. That was the um, Sleep Over Dead album. And um, my friend Ben Fee, actually, who's a huge director right now, he's worked, like, he he's, does all this, like, monster puppet kind of weird videos, but they're beautiful and they're insane, and he's, like, a brilliant guy. And he offered to do the video for us, the, the Sleep Over Dead video. Yeah. So he did that for us. And then, like, um, we did, like, a couple just, like, shitty videos, like, ourselves and like my friend Mike Boylan who's a, another amazing director like did uh, when we put out our second record Golden Heart he did that video um, and yeah we're, it's it's just it, it was just really fun and like totally DIY and um, which was liberating from like the whole industry and being under the constraints of like their their uh, politics or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was cool, and we, you know, we're all just like it, it actually changed the lineup has changed since it's like Alex and Mikey. Now it's still me and my brother, but um, <clears throat> yeah. So that that's kind of been uh, been the the main project for the last since two thousand nine, and it slowed down, and then like Swivel started, and and that and that that's. Uh, now, I went and I fully listened to uh, Sleep When We Are Dead, um, and I was looking for Golden Heart. I couldn't find, like, the full Golden Heart album, like, anywhere. Oh, it's not on Spotify? Do you have do you use Spotify? I do Apple Music. Oh, maybe it's not on there, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to do all that district <laughs> crap. We did, like, CD Baby, and they kind of, like, screwed everybody over. Um, but it, it's, I, 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 yeah, I should look into that. I, I might have to, I might have to finally crack open a Spotify account, finally. No, I'll send you an album. I'll just give me your address. Um, but it's, um, everything that I heard off, uh, Sleep When We Are Dead, uh, I love, and it has like a, I don't know, it almost, it, it's very like, uh reminiscent of like some of the tracks on or at least you know in the vein of some of the the stylings of songs off roll the dice um at least like uh, to what i was hearing initially because like uh since you know i had gotten in contact with you i was uh i was already like checking that stuff out but i was like fully listening um because i wanted to 
I wanted to make sure I was up to date on everything just because I didn't realize how much like music you would put out since roll the dice. I was kind of, you know, like I said, I was, I was so like, uh, you were kind of, uh, uh, off my radar, uh, until off my own radar. (laughs) Yeah. You want what you want? You want legit off the grid tent in Vermont off the grid. I'm crazy. Yeah. Hey, I, I think about it all the time. I should get rid of a smartphone because I realize how like dependent I am on like everything, oh, paying bills, it's and disgusting. it's uh, artificial intelligence is he has really taken over. It really is. It's scary. So um, oh, well, we do it to ourselves. We yeah. Oh we yeah. I got rid of, like, the only social media platform I have now is uh, Instagram. I had to do away with everything else because it was just, uh, it was a headache. And it's much, it's much, it's much easier living life uh, oblivious to, to the, the, the insanity that is uh, everything that's going on in the year 2018. Yeah, man, I totally immerse myself in podcasts. Like, I don't know what's going on politically or in the world uh i just i listen to like comedy podcasts or paranormal podcasts you know and kind of takes you away and it's it's nice i've been a lot happier than than ever before yeah i think uh i've like probably over the last like four years i've probably listened to maybe equally or more i spend more time i think listening to podcasts than i do music most days same yeah it's sad but you know entertaining and there's like endless uh content you know oh yeah it's uh i mean you can find a, a podcast on anything yeah it's awesome i mean it took it took me a little while to to figure out like the same same way like i don't know how like most of this shit works like i just I, it was just you know shot in the dark i fucking started tinkering around and i was like okay i can get this posted i'll start recording it on my iphone But uh, so does Swivel have any plans to like record like a like a full length or like an EP or anything? Yeah, we um we went at it really hard. Like last year, we have uh, a ton of songs and uh, like demos, and then we have a full length re- ready to go. I think we're getting the EP mixed right now. Um, so we should have like six songs coming out soon, hopefully. Um, uh, and then we'll probably hit it hard, like with shows after that. So hopefully by like uh, the fall, we might have some stuff going on. But everything just takes so much time. We're all like Ken's. Obviously, he was doing the un- the Unearthed new record, and Carissa, our bass player, is constantly touring like with her uh she's got like a solo thing and um so yeah it's just it uh it 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 will happen soon <laughs> that's awesome because uh like uh that for the first song i think it's I, I correct me if i'm wrong i think it's the only song that's like available like in the world is is the clueless clueless single right yeah yeah we've been it's been out for for a while um we do have, like, a couple videos in the bank also. Uh, I don't know if I should be saying that, but, I mean, who cares? Um, it's all right. Yeah, there's only, like, like there's... We definitely have stuff ready to go. 
Yeah, there's only like three people in Russia, one person in California. We get so many ran- like this podcast is is such a like a, a unique thing, and, and kind of like what we were talking about um, before is like how easy like something can you know you can record something and you can broadcast it literally to the entire universe. Yeah, and we, and we get like I get like I, just looking at like who's listening. I was just like, who in like <laughs> Tempe, Arizona? I have three downloads in Tempe, Arizona. Who is listening to that? Like, I'm just so curious to who is listening to my nonsensical rants about '80s horror movies and <laughs> probably some juggalos. Oh God, yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> so. I mean, that seems like, is are videos something that's, like, fun for you? Because you haven't stopped, like, doing videos with each, you know, project, obviously, Damone. But, um, you know, the organ beats, and you said you have a, you know, there's uh, some videos uh, for Swivel as well. Like, uh, is that something, how do you feel about making music videos, especially in a, you know, a time where, like, I mean, a YouTube is such a strange thing, too, because, you know, obviously MTV hasn't played music videos in God knows how long, but... Um, you know, YouTube is obviously an easy way for anybody to look up and watch a music video now. So I don't know, like, you know, do you feel, is it more like just fun for you to, to want to do a music video or for your projects to do music videos? Because obviously you're not dependent on a music video and you're not trying to like, you know, hit a sales point for, for a label, like, you know, weekly. Right. I mean, it is, it's, it's like a good sort of business card uh and you always have the hopes that like that shit will go viral but yeah. you know what, what <laughs> fucking odds of that um it, it's uh it, yeah oh man it's so much fun like i have so many talented friends like i'm really lucky to know some really uh incredible people like um the you know they live down the street and like i've known them forever and they they uh they hook us up with these videos and it's just, uh, it's a good time, uh, just making a video and like watching the video and like, it, it's just a piece of art, you know, it's just a, a release, you know, it's a therapeutic or something, I don't know, but it is, it's, it's cool, it's, you're, you hope that like people will watch it, like it, share it, and then get the word out, it, it's, it's easier than touring i'll tell you that much yeah right <laughs> that just takes up a lot you know you got to promote but you it seems like videos are necessary like people want to see who you are and get to know you like there's no mystery right right and, you know like zeppelin didn't have video they just put out these these crazy recordings and people were intrigued and there's no like instagram where they're right right it was such a uh, it, like it's so it's so weird how the the music industry immediately like as soon as you know the crux of uh, social media came you know with you know like especially MySpace and and even things like um, Pure Volume and things like that um, and how dependent the music industry became on the internet like yeah. solely yeah. dependent on like the internet like that's how everyone you know listen especially now like that everyone you know it's all on your phone it's everything is in your phone and we're so dependent on these little electronic devices that run our lives yeah it's ironic you know it, it, i i can't imagine life without it 
but the, and and because there's just such uh, unlimited, you have just every bit of knowledge at your fingertips, and and um, like I, I, it blows my mind to think of like before phones and before computers and stuff, and and they just had like the radio, and you know you just, you had to like set your watch to to turn on the radio and hear your song being played or whatever and um i mean i kind of grew up then i mean i'm i sound like a real old bitty don't i jesus christ (laughs) well no I, i i tell people all the time like i remember like when i was in high school you know the early 2000s when i was in high school i i had an alarm clock like not like i can't like no one buys an alarm clock anymore your phone has an alarm on it uh, to, to think that, like, I had an alarm clock, like, I didn't have a cell phone until, I think, 2006, when I was, like, 18, like, that was the only, that was when I got my first cell phone, but before that, like, I, I mean, some of the first shows I booked, I was literally, like, landline calling, like, local venues to try to book something, like, and it's so, uh, yeah, yeah. it's so crazy now, like, to think, like, kids will never... Like, there's a whole generation, obviously, from a few years ago on that, like, will never, will never understand the struggles of, of calling someone's house and being like, hey, is, is, is Matt there? Like, they, I know. you just text, you don't even have to talk to anybody anymore. I know, it's, it's, it's insane if, when you really think about it, it really is. Because I can't imagine, like, I lived through it, and I can't even imagine how, even like like GPS, I'm like people use maps. Like, oh. I look at a map, and it's like upside down. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, uh, yeah, like what the fuck I, is the internet? Well, I even remember like the mid, to, you know, the you know the mid two thousands or whatever. I remember printing out MapQuest and stapling like if I was going somewhere and just stapling like the MapQuest directions together, trying to read them while yeah. not trying to kill myself with driving my friggin' Chevy yeah. Tahoe off the road. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We toured. We were on on the road. And we had like that giant like world atlas, you know, all laminated. It cost eighty bucks or some shit, you know. And we thought we were fucking hot shit. Yeah. And then our tour manager, she had a sidekick. Remember those? It like flipped up, and she'd be oh like, yeah, flipping up and do the tap. And I was like, what is that contraption? That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't convert to a smartphone until like. I think like five years ago before that I was like the the slide QWERTY keypad and people are like yo what the fuck are you doing that's whack and I'm just like I, they're like you can get like you can pay all your bills on a phone now what are you doing with like a slide keypad like I was just like I don't know oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you rebel yeah <laughs> but uh it's uh it's like we were saying now like everything's at your fingertips but that was one of the going back to the music video thing that was something that i enjoyed instantly about you know uh discovering like the organ beats um was that there was videos made and i was immediately like because if there's a video for a song like if i'm checking out a band for the first time like if they have just the track like on youtube or whatever and then they have the music video i'm obviously just going to watch the music video over the just listening to the audio because it's obviously yeah. just like a nice companion piece and just to kind of get a feel what the band's like uh, like angle is or whatever. But I, I appreci- appreciate immensely bands that are still making music videos because it's that, you know, extension of, you know, the art like that you that a yeah. band goes the extra mile to get that out there, whether it be, 
you know, uh, a not so serious video or a serious video. Like it's, it's, I feel like it's, uh, like you were saying, it was, you know, like a therapeutic, like a nice release, artistic release to go along with not, you know, not only just the song, but having that visual there as well. Yeah. And it really like captures the, the essence, you know, of what the band represents and who they are and stuff. I, I love videos. Like MTV was, was just so great like you see these like you know the rock stars and you're just like wow that's so cool and yeah i i music videos will never die i think like vinyl they're they're like second nature to you know any successful band yeah it's you know like i like i had said uh, i think it's just i think those things like and, and the same thing with cds i don't think like i still buy cds like i don't think I don't think physical music will die. I don't think, uh, you know, music videos will die because people will just digest them differently and they find them differently and they find different avenues to absorb them. Like, obviously, they're not clicking on, you know, MTV or much music to watch music videos anymore. You have a little app on your phone that you go to and you type in whatever and you can find a video literally for anything. You could watch, you know, a, a video. You could watch any video from any band ever on YouTube. It's it's insane that it's at our fingertips. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. I, you get lost, too, you know. You oh, yeah. I go down hole. deep like, rabbit I, holes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> it's crazy, the shit you can find. Oh, my God. So to kind of uh, brush on... Uh, kind of transition into movies like uh what are like uh you know this uh, this podcast kind of like uh focuses uh, a lot on like horror and especially like 80s horror and things like that but we pretty much try to talk about like anything like uh as far as movies go and i'm like a huge like a uh, 80s mark like uh my parents they seemed like they were behind the times like seven to eight years um like all the stuff in my parents' house when we were growing up, like it was like ninety three, but it still looked like it was probably like eighty six, eighty seven. <laughs> like the those ugly brown like carpets that like were cool in the seventies and they thought they were alright in the eighties and you didn't want to replace them. So like, just seeing pictures from like ninety four, ninety five, everything looks still looks like it's like from nineteen eighty seven. Especially my father, like, uh, is wearing, like, all these pictures I find all the time of, like, Zubas pants. And my si- my sister, who's uh, older than me, was, like, a senior in the early 90s. And she just has this blown out, like, literally looks like she could maybe maybe step in for Axel. Like, you know, if the paparazzi got too hot for a second. Oh, my God. And it's, uh, um, but what were, like, some, like, uh, movies that you got into, like, uh, are you like a big like uh are you someone that watches a lot of movies do you like digest like uh are you big like on like 80s any kind of 80s like uh genre type movie at all um so like we were i i don't remember like watching a ton of movies when i was a kid um i don't remember a lot but (laughs) um i i definitely started getting into uh well, I guess when I, you know, when I was, like, again, around, you know, 14, like, Adam was, like, showing me the music as well as movies and getting me into, uh, like, Heathers and Pink Flamingos and, like, probably some shit that was inappropriate for a 14-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, he 
definitely got me into like uh, a lot of that um, kind of stuff. And more recently, like in the last few years, I got huge into horror movies, more so like the, the newer stuff. But I've seen, you know, obviously anything John Carpenter is like, you know, hands down like my favorite. But, um, uh, I like Poltergeist and Exorcist and, uh, you know, those Alien was like huge for me. That was like a big, Oh yeah. Now have you, um, um, did you, have you checked out any of the, uh, newer releases? I guess they're, they're more like just new renditions of all of his scores, but John Carpenter's like, uh, like scores that he's reissued and like re-recorded. Yeah, I actually saw him in just, uh, it was like he, he toured last October, November. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I saw him, it was fucking amazing. It was the coolest thing. He had like the movies projected behind oh, him yeah. while he was performing he... the score. And I bought a vinyl and uh, it was, uh, I forget which one it was. But, was it um, Anthology? It was, yeah, it was the, the Anthology, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he came through um, Syracuse for, were, uh, where I am, and uh, he played this old, uh, we have this old theater here called the Palace Theater, and it's super, like, they've never, like, replaced anything in it, and it looks so, like, old, and it's an, an amazing older theater, and he played there, and, uh, yeah, like, we saw the, like, uh, myself and a few friends went and, like, saw the full show, and amazing band, amazing players, oh, and, yeah. like, to, to think that, you know, at his age, I think he's 69 or 70 now, and he just stood up there the whole time and, like, just, it yeah. was, uh, it was definitely an experience for sure, especially being a yeah. fan of the, being a fan of the movies and being able to see the projections of the movies behind him while he's playing the themes. It was just, it was definitely oh, something man. to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, like, grinning ear to ear the whole time. It was such a cool, it was so cool. And that's uh, that's something that's like uh, you know we were talking about the resurgence of vinyl like that's something that's huge now are like movie soundtracks like that are just coming at they're putting out a movie soundtrack for and like a score for everything now. Yeah, like the Blade Runner soundtrack. Oh yeah. My God, it's amazing. Well, some of that shit like I'm so like I'm so like amped. It's getting like like newer releases and stuff just to be able to like be able to like play that like during the day and just listen to like just think about like i remember the first time i saw blade runner and i'm just like i remember loving like the score and stuff and then it's just like can you imagine like you know watching these movies back just even 16 17 years ago and now we have you know we can listen to it like whenever because it's such a like uh and i feel like you know what's what's old is new now too and that's why that all that stuff vinyl you know the music the themes everything from like you know the past is coming back i feel like yeah. you know there's a true appreciation for it now yeah yeah it's like the wave you know you're like oh shit that i remember that that yeah. was so dope i want to like immerse you know just it yeah nostalgia is such a huge factor of everything oh yeah for sure now, um, if you had to, if you had to throw out, um, and they could be of any genre, but if you had to throw out uh, a few of your favorite movies, what would you throw in your top movie list? 
top movies, just in ge- not not horror. Not it doesn't have to be horror. Just like uh, I guess, just in general, like what are like, and, and I guess if you can't like think of any like your absolute favorites, just like maybe most watched because I know like there's some movies that I probably wouldn't put in my top five, but I've watched nine million times. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I I mean, ironically, it is a horror movie, but the the Conjuring was like. Amazing! I thought that was so well done. It like, was like, a, it like, yeah, it was such a, it was such a well done. And you said you were in a paranormal podcast, correct? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, I they had one of the daughters, the the daughters from the actual family on a podcast. Uh, I think like last October. And oh, wow. and she was debunking. She was actually on. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with wrestling at all, but uh, Chris Jericho is like a huge paranormal fan, and he's like a wrestler. He has a podcast. Um, and he had one of the daughters. I believe it was the middle daughter, the middle the daughter that you know was the middle child. Um, on his yeah. podcast, and she was debunking like anything that the movie you know got incorrect, and actually explaining some stuff that they didn't show in the movie because it was too. They said it was too like real and too horrifying or like because she was she was like a consultant and she actually owns the house still oh my god that's crazy but she oh yeah it was uh it's it's an amazing episode and um i think he has his he has his own network that has like a paranormal like podcast like weekly podcast that a couple guys do but yeah they had her on there and she was saying like the shit that wasn't in the movie, like, that they didn't put in the movie was, like, the scariest shit that actually happened. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, and that, that, that was, like, an amazing... I really, I really can't praise that movie enough for how, like, uh, how engaged I was in that movie when it came out and what, a, like an, what an experience it was watching that film. Yeah, it, like the the beginning, like that long shot in the beginning. Oh it, God, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. That I was just oh my god, and like yeah, everything about it was was just uh, it just I I, I kind of like newer movies. Like I love old movies for sure, but um, I've just been so blown away by like the the technology and the the effects of you know like the 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 gore and shit. Yeah, know. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, which, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, another, another great one. Fucking love that movie. So good. Yeah, that, uh, that, and the ending movie. still, like, warps my mind. Like, it, it, that just, like, that literally, like, did, like, such a 360 spin at the end, like, the ending of that movie, like, it blew my mind, and that, that's another movie I feel like, yeah. um, at least in the, the horror community, it's, it's kind of, like, I don't want to say forgotten, but just not spoken about enough about how, like, how, like, well executed that movie actually was. Yeah, I always forget about it, and, and, like, whenever I think about it, I'm like, god damn, that's right, that movie was, it was, it was so captivating, and then at the twist at the end, you're just like, whoa, I did not see that coming. <laughs> and uh, did you, uh, because I'm a huge mark for this movie, I, I gotta, I gotta ask, uh, did you see the It remake? Yes, and that is definitely one of my favorite movies. It was, I, I, I watched that probably 17 times. Yeah. So I like I loved everybody, all the 
the actors in it were amazing. It oh yeah, funny. amazing cast. Um, like they executed it so perfectly, and because the original, you know, being a TV movie, was so beloved for like Tim Curry's portrayal as you know Pennywise the clown. For them to come in and like just knock it out of the park and have it be as as great of a movie as it was, like it was. Uh, yeah, that movie is I, I another movie I can't say enough good things about. Uh, it's definitely you know horror movies are def have definitely stepped up like recently. Yeah, and uh, yeah, th- I was just thinking of another one. Um, there's one on. Uh, oh, what, what, what was I just thinking about? God damn it! Oh, the Evil Dead remake. Holy shit, that was so good. I, I'm I'm a sucker. I'm sorry. I like remakes. I know like people are like, oh, I hate remakes. But goddamn, that one was that blew my mind. Yeah, there there's a lot of hate on the remakes. When I can honestly say what? that, oh yeah, in general, yeah, 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 a lot of the remakes like that have been coming out have been kind of knocking it out of the park. I know that's what I'm saying. I love it. I I and it makes me like even more so appreciate the original. I mean, I was always obviously a huge Evil Dead fan, and uh, but that I was just like so stoked that they did such a good job. Like top to bottom, like everything about it. When it was raining blood, I was just like, oh, "Yeah, God. yeah, that was an int- such an intense scene. It was so good." And this girl chops her fucking arm off. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> Did you? Oh, like uh, every kill scene was just like, or you know, oh my god. Yeah, they definitely delivered, and and yeah, they. It seems like. Um, Especially when these movies do good, like it, like crushed it in the box office, and now uh, immediately on the heels of like that doing well, they greenlit a uh, remake for uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. That yes, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, they they cast John Lithgow as Judd Crandall, which I am hugely yeah. like pumped for. Yeah, oh, he's great. I love that guy. He'll definitely do it justice. Yeah. Do you know who's directing it? Um. Who did did they announce it? Yeah, they did announce it, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I'm trying. I know the and and his name's escaping me right now. But the guy who directed the It remake really wanted it. He was like, he was like, you know, leading a war cry to like be able to direct it because obviously, I think Stephen King was so like happy with what he did um, for It, and he praised the It remake. Um, yeah. But I guess it's okay. It's it's going to be directed by uh, two guys, uh, Kevin Kalish and uh, Dennis Whitmire, uh, who did like uh, oh yeah, he did a movie called Starry Eyes, which is a, a newer horror film that came oh, out. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, yeah. So and he did like a he did one of the segments on a anthology horror movie that came out like two years ago called Holidays, which is like a which is oh my god yes. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. I've um, seen like everything on Netflix. I've watched. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's on Netflix, I watch it. <laughs> and uh, I guess you know the Pet Cemetery remake is actually supposed to come out twenty years to the day uh, of the or thirty years to oh, the day really? after the original. Oh shit, that's cool. Yeah, so it's I guess it's slated for an April nineteenth, two thousand nineteen uh, release. So I'm I'm definitely excited for it. And like I said, like uh you know with the horror movies doing so well, it's just gonna green light more movies to get made. Oh my god! And there's a shitload coming out that I'm so pumped oh, for. Oh like, yeah. I'm like this year is gonna be amazing. I can't in a few weeks that movie Hereditary. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. That one looks uh, so legit. Fuck yes. And then my friend was telling me about this really uh, mysterious movie. Like, the the whole uh, promotion is shrouded in mystery. Like, uh, it's John, uh, friggin' Nicolas Cage. The movie's called Mandy. Huh. And there's, like, a chainsaw battle. I'm, like, so stoked about it. I don't know. Oh, shit. I don't even think I've heard about this one. I might have to look into it. Yeah, check it out. Mandy, um... Nicholas Cage. Anything Nicholas Cage. I fucking love that guy. He's my hero. <laughs> and then there's uh, another Predator coming out. Oh my god. Yeah, I just October. Yeah, I just saw the the trailer for that and let, oh, that looks uh, amazing. I am so excited. <laughs> so yeah, pretty pumped about upcoming movies. But speaking of Netflix uh, horror movie. Did you see The Ritual? That was really, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I checked that out a few, uh, uh, probably like a, like a month or so ago. And yeah, that was another movie, like a, a way different, like it's, I mean, to, to, to my knowledge, it seemed very original. Like definitely yeah, like not totally. something I'd seen before for sure. Yeah. And it hit the, it hit the spot. Like it scratched that itch, like been kind of waiting for a, a, you know, a cool movie like that with the, um, the weird like um it was like Blair Witchy a bit you know what I mean yeah yeah if uh if I can recommend I and it might still be on Netflix I'm almost positive it is and I don't know if you've seen it yet but it's a newer movie it came out like a year and a half or so ago uh called Beyond the Gates Oh, the movie about the the video yeah where yeah they're playing the game the board yeah I did watch that that was cool. <laughs> It's enjoyable. And uh, there's this movie, I, I usually got to tell anybody that's like, because I feel like some of these movies are like, no matter what you're a fan of, you can get into. Uh, there's this movie that came out in 2000, uh, I think it was 14, but it was called um, The Guest. Yeah, I think I saw that. It was like that kind of handsome looking guy who comes in and. I don't think I actually finished it. I I do. I know what you're talking about, though. Well, it, it's like it has like a lot of like colors in it too, and it has like a super like synth pop like uh, soundtrack as well, and it's just like an oh, amazing. Really? Maybe I'm thinking of someone. Yeah, this one came out in yeah. What's the actor's name? Uh, Dan Stevens. Um, but yeah, it came out in like 2014. It's called The Guest, and it's like a it's kind of like a horror movie, but it's more like a like a, a mystery thriller. But it is, like, they have, like, this killer, like, synth-pop 80s soundtrack that is just, like, they, they issued it on vinyl and everything because it's an amazing, like, soundtrack. But uh, the movie itself is, like, a, a amazing and, you know, the soundtrack is uh, an amazing companion piece with it as well. And uh, I always recommend that movie to, like, anybody because I, I just, I'm always interested to see what someone's going to think of it because I think it's one of the best movies to come out in the last, like, 10 years. Yeah, I got to check that out. What about It Follows? That's kind of like, that had the, um, that, did it have uh, kind of like synth pop or, or like shoegazy stuff? Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. And that was, you know, another one. Like, uh, I think kind of, um, I think so many people like are so um, nostalgic and so like reminiscent on like, uh, you know, the older horror movies and stuff that even though I think all the movies we've talked about we've named a million different newer horror movies which is which is nice because i feel like uh, you know on this podcast we do talk about those movies but mainly we're focusing on like the older stuff because we're such like fans of that um so we don't get yeah. a chance to like kind of like 
praise the newer stuff. Uh, I mean, things like it, like uh, we, like uh, myself and uh, some other nonsensical ranters uh, that I have on this podcast. Uh, we've done like a Stephen King one where we talk about like Stephen King adaptations, and we've definitely like praised like it for like uh, for what it's done and how great of a movie that was. But it's been it's been awesome to like actually have someone that to talk newer stuff with because it kind of gets me reflecting, and I was like, oh shit, like yeah, there really are like have been like amazing films that have come out in the horror genre like the last like five six years yeah i i i it's been it's been good it's been really good and like netflix is kind of like hitting out of the park too like last year there was just like a shitload of really awesome um cool unique uh independent kind of like raw that was like a foreign oh yeah yeah i didn't finish that one yeah, they they've and, uh, they've they've sunk like six billion dollars in original in original con creating original content. They have like six billion dollars yeah. like invested in. It's so crazy. I know. I think they gave uh, one billion of it to Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, for for <laughs> real. I love. I fucking love Adam. He's the bomb. Big fan. As a, okay, I so watched the, you know the movie The Do Over. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I thought that was great. I loved it. It was so cute. David Spade, he's adorable in it. It's like that character killed. I was cracking up the whole time. I feel like Adam Sadler's kind of, uh, he's, he's been redeeming himself, it, it seems. Like, uh, there was another movie, um, fuck, what was it called? Uh, um, that's, Sam Wexler? Uh, I no. haven't seen that one yet. Sorry, it's alright. <clears throat> um, but, uh, That's My Boy, which came out a few years ago. Oh, yes. That is, that's a funny one, yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually, uh, uh, a couple of friends and I always uh, uh, talk about Adam Sandler's amazing role. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but the movie Airheads. Oh, yeah, totally. It was, yeah. Like, that I, had, it, like, I forgot about that movie recently, and then, yeah, no, I, that's a great one. So, I gotta rewatch it, because it's been so long. There's um there's a couple people that he has like in like a lot of the Happy Madison productions that are in that like um I can't think of the guy's name but he was the he's the guy he's always in Adam Sadler's movies but he's in um he's like the main character in Grandma's Boy. Jason Schwartzman is that his name? No, no. Uh, the, the little funny guy. No. I'm trying to think of the guy's oh. name. He was uh. Oh shit! I can't think of his name, but like he's like a he's a guy that's in like all the Adam Sadler movies, and I can't think of his name. Yeah, I never know that guy's name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He was like uh, I I had I think I discovered it a while ago, but I just watched that movie recently, and that guy is one of the cops, like, and he's like uncredited in the movie, and I was just like, holy shit! Like this is like years before Adam Sadler was like how huge he became. And, uh, oh. and it's, uh, and then like Chris Farley has like a small cameo in that movie. And that was always like, a uh, that was always like a, such a, a movie I watched a lot as a kid. Cause it was like always on comedy central. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I can't really, I mean, I haven't seen, I, I've never seen, or I don't know if I'd want to see Jack and Jill. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of silly. I'm, I definitely saw it, but. It, you know, it's just Adam Sandler's, like, dumb humor. Right, right. But, you know, it's no, like, Tommy Boy. I mean, it's no friggin', uh, 
I'm thinking of Happy Gilmore or... Or Billy Madison, yeah. The classics. Oh, of course. So, um, I guess, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't, uh, keep you talking nonsensically with me, uh, for too much longer, but I can't, I can't thank you enough for carving out some time to come on and, uh, talk everything from, uh, from your music to, uh, The Conjuring to Adam Sadler. I think we've went full circle. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no, that was, that was, that was a pleasure. I, um, I have so many other movies that I love and, and I could talk for hours, but, uh, yeah, no, that was really fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. So, um, is there anything, so the Swivel EP should be coming out like fallish? Hopefully, if not sooner, um, you know, we've, uh, we aimed for, we aim for the stars, but we can only get, you know, what, what is given to us, so... Um, I would say, you know, just keep, keep your ear to the ground and I'll, I'll fill you in. Definitely. If you're on Instagram, I'll send you the, uh, the link or whatever. For sure. So what, uh, anything going on with, uh, organ beat stuff? Uh, any new material, uh, happening there? Um, we've kind of just been, uh, you know, we, we have a ton of shit, but it's just like, I don't know. It's hard to get everyone together, but, um. Yeah, Alex and I are gonna hang out next week, and probably he's got he's he's like one of those like he he's got endless you know a catalog of music, and he's so incredibly talented, and I just want like to share it with the world. But <laughs> it's a matter of getting everything done and perfected. Like I'm not I'm not I'm I'm more quantity than quality, and my brother like reels me in. And he's like, dude, you gotta like. You gotta make sure that it's good, you know. Like I'm like, all right, you're right. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> There's, it's not a race, but uh, yeah. So we've definitely been taking our time. Um, but I think Swivel will have something soon, and uh, yeah. I mean, I'll I I have solo stuff too, you know. Always doing something stupid, you know. <laughs> now, now uh, we'll close the podcast with um with the the song Clueless. Uh, by sw- by swivel. So, um, I mean, are there any anything you want to let uh, the 296 subscribers that we have to this, um, <laughs> or you know the the random guy in Tempe, Arizona that keeps uh, keeps listening? Um, um, is there anything to say about the the song in general? Is it like a, a about anything specific is it uh was it what was it like recording that song is it like because uh, it's such a catchy song and it's so like uh i just love like uh the feel to it. it has like such that that gritty guitar tone obviously that's very you know bleach reminiscent for sure oh yeah yeah that's what i i would say it um definitely a uh, huge inspiration from nirvana and like veruca salt and hole and like all those like 90s grunge like we're kind of veering towards that um genre you know trying to hit the wave if you will of the 90s resurgence and um you know because we're huge fans and it's like fun to play and it's like we're loud and it's like you know headbanging and bringing guitar solos like ken is an incredible guitar player oh yeah of course um like, I'll write, you know, I wrote the demo, and it was, like, half the tempo, and, and probably, um, 
you know, half the chords or whatever, and then he takes it and, and he just produces it, makes it sound awesome. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it, it's very Nirvana, you know, we're, we're, um, we're, we're fun and we're cool and we're loud. <laughs> and that's all you could ask for from rock music in 2018. Yes. But uh, yes. Noel, I can't thank you enough again uh, for uh, coming on and carving out some time to uh, come on the podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I really I had a great time. No problem. Thank you so much. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.